we are in Joshua. I have more comments. Joshua, <laughs> we are in there. And we did nine verses last week. It was about God's charge to Joshua and kept saying, be strong and courageous. And so now we get into the character of Joshua. And uh, as he is getting ready to uh, assume command of the army that's going to go in and take over Canaan. You know what? God's purposes are never, ever, ever thwarted. No matter what the enemy may do, God builds what He's going to build. He's building the kingdom. He's building His church, right? Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Moses, at this time, is dead. Uh, but the plan of God, the purposes of God, are going right through exactly the way that he wants as far as the uh, redemption of his people, and uh, it's still abiding today. Still God doing what he wants to do. And just as he promised, he always comes through. God varies his workmen, but his work goes on, says uh, John Wesley. I think we would agree with that, wouldn't we? That's biblical. Uh, what kind of man was Joshua? Well, definitely a God-sent man. A man that God was going to use. Uh, his character is tremendous. He is a leader of uh, Israel now. And throughout the rest of the study of Joshua, we will get a real good glimpse of the uh, character, the very nature of Joshua, and how a godly person can act and do in leading or whatever they do in life. He is the, uh, I think as we get this, we're going to get more and more of a grasp. More and more of a <laughs> must be the owl trying to bounce around in the car. Probably so. Yeah. There's two men in that truck, and they're beating each other up. <laughs> but anyway, this is Moses' first officer. This is the commander in chief. You know, he's got a what would be probably like a, a ragtag army. I don't see that they've really had a, a lot of training. And uh, so this is a big, huge task of conquering and possessing the land of Canaan. It's not just like God says, go on in there and I'll just knock them all out. It's just that, you know, yes, it's all God doing it, but yet we are to do what we are commanded to do. And that's the way it's always been. It's just, it would be a lot easier if God would just go ahead and do it, right? Well, we know He could. Yes. But why does He use us, right? Why does He use us? A lot of good reasons, probably. So don't underestimate the enormity. I guess you could say the enormity. Is that a word? Okay, good. I was trying to get enormous in there, and it came out as an enormity of this task that Joshua has and the, and the children of Israel. It's huge. Um, how do you begin a task like this? Well, I think in uh, chapter 4, verse 13, it says there's like 40,000 men that he's going to use. Now, they had 
a lot more people and a lot more men to uh, do that from, but these are the select ones that he's going to use uh, right off the bat here. They're eventually going to cross over the Jordan River. That's a task right there. There's no bridge. <laughs> so you're going to take thousands of people across the Jordan River. Well, God will supply the way. He's done that before, hasn't he? Um, anyway, there's um, there are some. A lot of the men are going to have to stay back with the the, the children, the women, some of the elderly, and that kind of thing, and kind of take care of not only families but also uh, you know the livestock and everything that's on the east side of Jordan. That's where they're at. It would be where where uh, Moab was at. That's right, Moab was one they had conquered there, and they were getting ready to head across on that. So 40,000 are going to be crossing and in battle array. And so it's like, how did Joshua lead these people? Well, we, we already got set up. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. We got that about, what, three times? And we'll get that again in this text today, I think in the last verse. But what was the key for him being strong and courageous? Yeah, yeah, I want to be strong and courageous. How do we be strong and courageous? The Word of God. His promises. Well, here's what he says. Here's what he's done. Now, go do it. God is sovereign. But he uh, used the responsibility of man. Um, how about just trusting in God and he'll do it? Yeah, the old let go and let God. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that like would be that. a lot easier, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we could favor that. He wants you to have more skin in the game. Huh? Well, I know. Sorry. It always feels to me like <laughs> a lot more you know, he failed when he waited for me to do something. <laughs> no. Nope. He's never thwarted. Nope. Well, tell you what. Joshua is a man of God. He listens to the Word of God. Counts on those promises and God does what He says He's going to do. It's just like, um, what was it, Cromwell? It says, trust God and keep your powder dry. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you, Tony? <laughs> Here's what, okay, trusting God, what He's going to do, but yet, you've got to, you have a fight here, right? And you still have to do that. But He'll power you, empower you. Um, no secret here, as you, as you go through Joshua, as you go through just our text tonight, some of the highlights here about, uh, about the character of Joshua. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, look at this text tonight, as uh, children of Israel are about ready to embark on a huge journey into the promised land, it's not going to be easy, but with you, we know that your promise has come true. And we must be committed to what you have for us and what your word is. And uh, Joshua is a good example of that. By your spirit, Help us to understand you better and your nature. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's read this thing. 10 through 18, isn't it? 
Then uh, Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp. Command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan, to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. To the Reubenites, to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you shall cross before your brothers in battle array. All your valiant warriors and shall... um, all your valiant warriors and shall help them until the Lord gives you brothers, gives your brothers rest as he gives you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. They answered Joshua, saying, All that you have commanded us we will do, wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we'll obey you, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you command him should be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Ah. So That's what the people answered him? Only be strong and courageous? Yeah, that's yeah, he's got his people that are going to go out and command the people, you know, to, here's what's happening here. Make your preparations. So these are the um, the leaders mm-hmm. that have been appointed, and they are for Joshua. They are absolutely for him. Exactly. Exactly. They know, don't they? And they knew Moses was a man of God, and what he said was right. And so Joshua is going to be taken in, and they, you know, no rebellion here whatsoever. Whatever you say, and if anybody doesn't do it, Uh-oh. they're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Wow, they are united. They're going to be one here. It's nice to have a party of people where everybody's on the same page. So, and that's how, you know, you have to have it if you're going to win. And so, there's not going to be any rebellion in the ranks. Uh, first one here is dealing with partnership. He, he knows that he is not going to do this thing on his own. Moses kind of did that for a little while, didn't he? With about two million people, trying to be judge of the, all the people by himself. Didn't work out too good. And he got some <coughs> advice from... Uh, it was his father-in-law, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And so he got other men to help him. Well, Joshua is doing this, and uh, we, we see that he commands the officers, the people, you know, go out now, and you tell like the different tribes, you go tell them what, what's going to happen, what's going on here, how, how we're going to do this. Now, right here in this little section today, or really about, it's two and a half tribes, it's kind of interesting that he's really uh, speaking to these guys, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and uh, half of Manasseh. And uh, they had asked Moses originally 
if they could have the land that is on the east side of the Jordan, that would be where, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was in Numbers. But they had conquered that area, that Moab area. There, they have cattle there. They would like to have that land. And Moses actually said, it'll be yours then. He promised. Uh, We could go to Numbers 32. Yeah, 32 and... Sixteen is one of them. Then they came near to him. Same people here. Said, we'll build here sheepfolds for our livestock, cities for our little ones, but we ourselves will be armed, ready to go before the sons of Israel until we have brought them to their place while our little ones live in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. So that's these people here that are talking to Joshua and here it is, this is Moses, here at this time, and they are going to, uh, they're promising that even though they've already got their land that they want, they will help the rest of the Israelites as they go into battle to get their land. Now, it would have been really easy for them to say, we got our land, you guys, have fun, take on, you know, and we know people like that. You know, they, they don't help out anybody. They've got what they need. You did, you know. Well, uh, also in that same chapter, it's at, uh, verse 29, 32, 29. Moses said to them, If the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben, everyone who is armed for battle, will cross over with you over the Jordan in the presence of the Lord, and the land is subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. But if they will not cross over with you unarmed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. The sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord has said to your servants, so we will do. We ourselves will cross over armed in the presence of the Lord into the land of Canaan, and the possession of our inheritance shall remain with us across the Jordan on the east side. That's those two and a half tribes. Reubenites, the Gadites, and a half-tribe of Manasseh. Kind of interesting. So there had already been a contract already made up. Moses said that that would do. Make sure that you fight with the rest of Israel. So that's what happens. That's what's going on here in this text that we're doing today. And normally you'd say, boy, this is kind of a tough text to just have a Bible study on. Doesn't it? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot there compared to the first nine verses, which is like, you know, one of the favorite chapters or the part of a chapter in the book of Joshua. But I think there's more there than um, what we would first see. So there usually is. <laughs> there usually is. You it's not are there right. For not. Yeah. Yep, so Moses gave a promise. And what does Joshua say? Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, And the Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. So the the promise is still there. They are to to fight. 
and then there will be rest. There's a promise there. So he commands his officers, uh, pass through the midst of the camp, in verse 11, command the people, saying, prepare provisions and for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan and go in to possess. So he says, prepare your provisions, whatever it takes to get ready to to move in there. You know, And that can be dealing with anything. They've been living on what? Manna for food. And maybe God provides that to them until that they go over and, and take it. Uh, still yet, there's a lot of things to gather up. Maybe there's food right there now where they're at. Okay, now this first part here, this verse 10 and 11 here, uh-huh. that's all the other tribes that he's talking to, and that's all the women and children are all going across. Yeah. Uh, well, Everybody's at first, yeah, but at first they're going, so of course, they're going to have, uh, they're still going to have spies that go out, remember? And it's like three days they're going to be going over. Right, right. But the as far as the the Rumanites and the Gadites and uh, half tribe of Manasseh, well, they they're going to in. all their kids, uh, wives, they, families are going to stay there. But the armies, the guys out of the army from those tribes, will be crossing over. Okay, but the first two verses here are talking about everybody else. Yeah. All the other tribes. Yeah. Right. And that's all the exactly. women and children and everybody's going. Right. Uh, everybody's moving. So, there, so there's provisions here. It says make, prepare provisions and then they are to possess it. He's saying, get it ready and you're going to go in and, and what? This is the promise. He's saying you're going to possess it. It's going to be yours. You're going to own it. Yeah, there are people living there. You're going to move them out. It's going to be yours. This is God. And and so whenever he says, possess the land, they have every right to do it, don't they? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so was the promise of what land Moses was to take possession of in Joshua, is that the same as what was promised to Abraham? Yeah, Abraham, (laughs) Isaac, Jacob, all that land that had been promised all uh, for that whole covenant people. Of God, uh, this is what this is now about. It's time to execute it. Here we have this promise. Here's what I've given you. It's time to go in, and let's go. Let's get it. Can I just project something in there, just because we're talking about going across that river and all that with all those families? Yeah. Remember back in Moses, how did Moses keep from drowning? The reeds, they were sewed together for boats and stuff like that. kind of makes you wonder if they didn't have some kind of provisions like that that they were putting together to get the small kids. Yeah, but you know how they crossed the Jordan, don't you? Yeah. Just like they did the yeah. Red Sea. Yeah, yeah. So they crossed it, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, they walked up to the river thinking like they were going to have to swim or yeah, whatever. Like baskets <laughs> for the kids. Yeah, baskets for your provisions <laughs> and all this. That's what I'm thinking of doing. I know the scramble. You know, you scramble around. You're like, okay, we're going to have this water thing. Water I mean, God doesn't this. really tell them a lot. But you can still use yep. those baskets later. <laughs> Go get it. Here, what you need. Yep. You know how it is. Bring a kitchen sink if you can. Sorry. Anyway, I was just thinking about, you know, like I say, I'm looking back the reason. What they did do, the textiles and stuff they did use to move and stuff like that. So, anyway, after sitting there for 40 years, you know, they're going to. They had to have tents and stuff. 
Joshua and Caleb had been there, yeah, you know, of course, yeah, I'm I mean, sure yeah, they, they related the story. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that's where it says there's 140,000 that are available soldiers. Soldiers. But they take out the select Mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. The the strongest, uh, the most valiant is who uh, is going to take there and do that. So so for some reason, I want to focus on the Gadites and the Reubenites, Manasseh here. There's something here really considerably significant that we can take home with this too. To put it positively, God doesn't want anybody to miss the blessing that He's promised. As far as these tribes, hey, they have their own land. Be great just to be able to, you know, take it there. We've already taken that, so why don't we just sit here? Uh, God says that, and then Moses and that Joshua here is reminding them everyone has to get involved in the work here. You know, we're one people. And to further this kingdom of God, we need you all, the ones that, you know, that are going to be going there. So there's not going to be any hitchhikers here. There's not going to be any, what, loafers, you know, in the kingdom of God. I mean, these guys have, you know, they uh, have a lot to bring to the table. And so the body of Christ. It's like this too, you know. Um, we all need to be committed of to the entire body, the body of Christ, individual parts of the body. When they're all working properly, and it's in a fit condition, the church can be really powerful. And you think of the gifts, like in uh, Romans twelve, listing of gifts there, or in uh, what is it, Ephesians four. You have gifts listed there, one body, right? And First uh, Corinthians twelve is another chapter dealing with the gifts, spiritual gifts that God has given us. And of course, everybody, you know, is different, you know. But at the same time, all these gifts come together, and you are one. So uh, it's like saying, if somebody is not wholeheartedly committed to the work of God, 
not only may they miss the blessing of what is to come, but they can be an instrument to cause others to miss the blessing too. Does that make sense? If you got one or two people holding back in a church, it affects the whole church, doesn't it? Matter of fact, one person out of line affects the whole church. And that goes to show you that we're such a family, sometimes there's more family in the body of Christ than in just our physical units that we have. Uh, and it hurts when somebody else is hurting, isn't it? And, and you know, we need everybody to pull their weight. That most often doesn't happen anywhere, does it? Where it should be, the, the activity and the way that it should be. So when people refuse to use the gifts that God has given them, it, they miss out on the blessing. They hurt the other people that are in it. They rob the rest of the body of Christ from a blessing. And it just goes right on down the line. And that's why right here it is set forth. Moses made it clear with them, you will go over there. Because he knows the nature of man. How many times have you seen people bail out and let somebody else or a few others do all the work? Happens in the church, doesn't it? I don't want to put any smear on, on those tribes or anything, but those guys still had it mocked. If, if the other tribes had to take all the women and children and their entire families over into that country that they had no idea what was going to happen, and the other guys got to leave their families in their walled cities and stuff and all, they just had to go. It would be like... <laughs> Like now, you know, I mean, we send the soldiers off to war and we get to stay in our nice little comfy little houses and be safe until they come home. Nice. Why is that? That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they yeah. still had, you know, even though the men were going, you know, over there, they still had it knocked. Yeah. Their families were safe. Yeah. Or yeah. were they? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. You know, they go one way, way and somebody sneaks in around the back to bother you. That happened today, did mm-hmm. yeah. So, are we seeing a principle of knit partnership? He has his leaders, then here's what we are to do. Everybody is to be committed to the progress of the kingdom that God is setting up for us. And where people miss and absent themselves, uh, they're really missing the means of grace. Just take, for instance, a church meeting, church worship. Let's just think of, of uh, help me out here, on a Sunday morning at worship. What are some means of grace? Well, what do we start with? Maybe a reading of the Word of God. There's a means of grace. Every one of these are means of grace. Uh, what else? In an order of worship, what, what do we do after that? Maybe prayer? Is that a means of grace? We're all praying together there. What, what's after that? Psalm service. Aha, uh-huh. music. Is that a means of grace? Mm-hmm. Does it bring joy to your hearts? It's grace when we get to do that. Now we can do that by ourselves at home. We can do all those. But there's something that we're missing when we're not with God's people. So, what else is a means of grace there in that worship? Offering. Offering. 
being able to offer to God what, you know, our offerings. Really important point. That's a means of grace. Because He has given us the things we need. Did they all do that? Uh, what's another means of grace there? The Word of God preached. And listened to. Yeah. Confession of faith. Yeah, confession of faith. Means of grace. It's receiving it is sometimes... Listening and then receiving it. Yeah. Uh... Fellowship. Fellowship. Being able to share, you know, or prayer requests, you know, that people have, like we're praying to Matthew, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, or, uh, oh, uh, the Lord's Supper, a means right. of grace. All the reformers, they always would use that kind of language, the means of grace. It is, isn't it? It's a special blessing. So just being at home by ourselves does not complete that, does it? And so, if if we miss out on that, we're missing a blessing, aren't we? So you know that's that's kind of what that is. Either we're all in this together or we're not, right? But can you what? It, there's a there's damage done to the body when people don't pull their weight. Would you guys say that that's right? I was reading some commentaries and I thought, wow, they're really hitting it on the head. It is true. It's exactly true. So, um, anyway, you have the Reubenites, the Gadites, Manasseh. You're never going to dwell in this land unless you go in and help the other ones occupy and possess. I want you to be a part of the blessing that they're going to get, that you will get, and through all of this. And that's how it works in the body of Christ, doesn't it? Um, they wind up being like having servant-like spirits. They use the gifts that they have and this journey and possessing the land. They have responsibility. They do it. That's the first thing. Um, that's, that's a good principle, isn't it? As he lines up all the people being together in on this. Now, the second one is dealing with planning. He has a principle of planning here. 